Titus chapter number 3. We're going to spin off from the morning's message. Amen. Because he lives, I can live. Amen. I appreciate that. I'm glad because he lives, I can live. Amen. Uh, Titus chapter number 3. He says in verse 1, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, and to be ready to every good work. Now, what do you do if you got a corrupt police state? They were under Rome. Amen. Peter and Paul were under Nero. What they do? They told you to submit to them. Right? It's pretty tough. So what about our country? Well, the Lord's verses ain't changed. Doesn't change whether you have a good president or bad president. Right? right? Amen. We're to be subject. Best way you do is just get along with them. What if they want you to go against the Bible? Then you stand for the book. Right. They outlaw Christianity, you become an outlaw. Amen. I just thank God, America, I can still witness, still preach, still pass out tracts. Amen. Amen. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers and obey magistrates. Be ready to every good work. Let me ask you a question. Are you ready? Said be ready. Didn't it? Are you ready? Verse 2. To speak evil of no man. Oh, man. That's a bummer. Isn't that fun? Huh? Sit around and just blast people. Right? <laughs> Most people, they don't care that verse is there. They're gonna have, they got something to say, they're going to tell you. Amen. Speak evil of no man. Be no brawlers, but gentle. Man, there's no more fighting going on. Isn't that a bummer? We can't have MMA Baptist Church now. We're not allowed to brawl. Oh, man. Can you imagine? We just have Duke out for Baptist Church splits. Amen. We're going to fight. King of the pew. <laughs> Amen. To be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometime foolish. Oh, man. You had to go there. We got to sit back and re-examine our lives, remember where we were at, right? We ourselves also were, sometimes were foolish. You ever been foolish? You ever done dumb stuff? You like to forget about it? I was watching a video the other day on YouTube about stupid fails, how people jump off of buildings and try to jump rails and all that stuff and busting their bodies and all, all kinds of issues. I like laughing at people who want to think they can hurdle a car and get hit and hurt. And These people jumping off roofs and landing flat on their back. And, and uh, I mean, some guys just landing in a sitting position about 14 foot drop. You know, their, their spines and tailbones ain't no good anymore. There's a bunch of these people. I'd like to see them about 20 years from the incident that video happened. Just see what they're walking like and acting like. I bet you Mr. Arthritis is tearing them up. Hey, man, they're foolish. Right. Doing foolish things. And they're going to pay for it. Disobedient. Deceived. Serving divers' lust and pleasures. Man, that names it, doesn't it? That's exactly what I was doing, was serving pleasure and lust. Divers' lust. My body had cravings it wanted to fulfill and it sought to fulfill them. Right? Amen? Anybody here that was lost that ever sought their, their, their lust? Amen? Your body begins to crave things it ought not have and, and you're going about, you've got these addictions that you get a hold of and it gets a hold of you. And we serve our lust and pleasures. 
living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Not by works of righteousness we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing, regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed upon us abundantly. How? Through Jesus Christ our Lord, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus and what he's done and how he changed us. Lord, thank you for the transformation in our life. Thank you for the new desires and the new heart and the new mind that you've given us. God, thank you for forgiving us for all those foolish, stupid things we ever did in our life and the things that we served and the full of hate and bitterness and the garbage that was in our hearts. Thank you for the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts now. God bless tonight's sermon in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There's an obvious transformation of an individual's life. This is what you used to be. And this is what you are now. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I thank God for transforming God and a transformation life. Amen. Because he lives, I can live. Number two, because he lives, I can love. They were hateful and hating one another. They lived in malice. Listen, hate ought not be the place that I live in anymore. I ought to love my enemies. I ought to love sinners. I love the scriptures. I love the Savior. I love the saints. There's something happened in my life changed me. Psalm 45. Psalm 45. I'm a brand new man. Amen. I hated, I hated the things of God. I hated His Son, Jesus. I hated church. I hated the Bible. I had no idea why I even hated any of that. But I found out why I hated it after I got saved. I found out that it was the very thing that, that, I, that I needed that the devil didn't want me to have. And my flesh didn't want to do right. Didn't want nothing to do with God. Amen. But when I got a brand new heart, everything changed. Verse 7, Psalm 45, verse 7 said, Thou lovest righteousness. Who's thou in the passage? Verse 7, Thy throne who? Or verse 6, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom shall be right scepter. Thou lovest righteousness and hatest iniquity. Therefore, God, thy God, has anointed thee above, or anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Amen. Listen, when Jesus Christ moved in my heart, I began to love righteousness and hate wickedness. Before I was saved, I hated uh, righteousness and I loved wickedness. And I loved wickedness and I wanted to get as wicked as I could get and vile as I could get and do all that I could do to the max. Amen. I partied to the max. I rock and rolled to the max. I lived everything on, I mean, it's full throttle. I lived for the devil. Amen. And now that I'm saved, I want to live full throttle for God. I want to go for God just as hard as I went for the devil. I want to serve God just as much as I serve the devil, if not more. I mean, every ounce of my fiber and every ounce of my being, I want to give to Jesus Christ. I want to give to God. And I can't understand how people don't want to give them an ounce of their love, an ounce of their affection, don't want to give them an ounce of, of energy and exhort themselves toward God. I don't understand that. Amen. I remember standing at rock concerts, climbing up on the pews. Amen. And rocking and rolling and dancing in the Richfield Coliseum at the concerts, moving with the music. Why can't we do that for Jesus? Why can't we get happy in Jesus' name and sing his songs and shout and be happy for God? I don't understand it. I did it for the devil. And if I'd stand up on the old rock out there in the woods and go, party! and yell rock and roll and all the other kind of stuff why I can't stand up for Jesus and say glory to God 
God in the highest. Amen. Listen, I serve the devil. I want to serve God. Amen. Amen. I don't think there's nothing wrong with it. Amen. I preached downtown Dayton before, downtown Chicago, downtown, a bunch of different cities. We were preaching magnifying Jesus on a street corner. I think Chicago was the scariest. <laughs> I mean, there's zillions of people just vomited out of these buildings, man. They're everywhere. And out there street preaching with Jimmy Hood and stuff. Amen. Uh, just magnifying the Lord. Getting up and bragging on Jesus. The world hates him. They despise him. Yeah. Amen. Your flesh, if you think about it, don't want it. But this world needs somebody that's going to stand up and be a fan for Jesus and love them with all their heart. Stand up and cry aloud, spare not. Show my people their sin. Amen. Listen, because Jesus lives, I can love. Amen. I can love. I can love one another. The Bible says in John 13, John chapter number 13, you know who's hard? Sometimes saints are harder to love than sinners. <laughs> Amen. Some saints are difficult. There's some preachers don't want you to get close to them. The preachers, uh, they're, they're cold and calloused. Amen. They don't warm up to you very much. They don't show very much love. Amen. Amen. Verse 35, John 13, 35. Verse 34 says, And a new, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. There's a ticket, isn't it? How did he love you? Huh? He died. Yeah, he died. That's that's what he did to prove his love to you. But how did he love you? He loved you first. But how did he love? How does he love you? Unconditionally, right? He ain't expecting nothing in return. He's not selfish, right? He he gave it all. Yeah. He spared nothing. Spared not his life. He didn't think about himself and said, well, I can only go halfway with you. He gave it all. He wasn't worried about tomorrow. He gave it all. He loved everybody the same. He gave us all, right? How are we supposed to love one another? We're supposed to love with a guarded love and a sheltered love. I'm only going to give you two ounces of love today. I'm going to save the rest for me tomorrow. No, you give it all. You know what hurts a lot of churches is that we just won't give it all to one another. We hold back. We're selfish. But if we hold it back, we're going to say, I know I'm going to smart for it. I know that he's going to hit me in a second. And so we, we love with a guarded and a, and, a, and, a, and a sheltered love. And people can tell that. People can sense that, that you, whether you truly love them or you don't love them. Amen. As I've loved you, that you also love one another. By this... Shall all men know you're my what? Disciples, if you have what? <coughs> Love one to another. <laughs> you walk into a church, can you feel the warmth? Or can you feel the coldness? If they only got love for one another, man, that sinner don't have much of a chance of getting right, does he? I'll be able to love one another unconditionally. Love you for who you are, not what you can do. Well, that's a big difference, isn't it? Jesus wasn't worried about what they gave him. He was, he was trying to impart something to them, give to them. You understand? That's a big difference, ain't it? Well, if people come to church to be a blessing instead of get a blessing, there'd be a lot of difference in our churches today. Amen. Amen. A lot of people look for a church. They're looking, what can you do for me? 
Come in. We're shopping for a church. What can you do for us? Right? Well, we can love you. Where you at? Huh? Amen. Hello? Brother East would tell people this. He'd say, come in, sit down, shut up, don't do nothing for two years. Well, we want to serve. We don't want you to serve. We want we want to serve you. Sit down. Shut up. Get in the book. Show up every service. Well, I tell you what, that's that says a lot, doesn't it? There's a bunch of people just looking for some place to serve. Their preacher wouldn't let them serve, so they look for somewhere else to serve. Brother Eastep cut that thing off real quick and said, you know what? We're going to serve you. You just sit there for about two years, get to know the Lord, get to enjoy the Lord. Amen. Just enjoy the church, enjoy the people. I remember looking at Brother Elliot, telling Brother Elliot this. He said, you've been through one of the hardest uh, Bible institutes there is. He said, just come in and just enjoy the Lord. Amen. He came back up in this area, went into charity over there, and he just said, just just relax and get to know the Lord. There's a lot of people who don't like to hear that. Amen. I'm ready to serve. I want to serve. I want to do something. I just want to come in and tear up a church. <laughs> There's a lot of them that want to do that. Amen. I know where some snakes are at right now. They need their head cut off. Amen. They're, they're governors. They know how to govern the church. Amen. They're destroying the church and they can't even see it. And they're telling people to leave. <laughs> you don't like it either. You need to get out. Well, who, what are you doing trying to run down the preacher and railroad the preacher? You understand what I'm saying? There ain't no love in that. You know what happens? People wind up getting derailed. People wind up getting shipwrecked. Amen. Why don't we just love one another as Christ loved us, right? Is there anything wrong with that? But you know what you got to do when you open yourself up? You got to expose yourself. When you truly love, you got to expose yourself. A lot of people don't want to be exposed. But you got to give all, and guess what? You're going to get taken. Jesus was taken, wasn't he? Amen. First John. Uh, Chapter 4, 1 John chapter number 4, and then uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. This, this is a good one. We'll go to 1 Peter 1 22 first. He says in 1 22, seeing that ye purify your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit on the unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart. How? Fervently. Ought to be a fiery love one for another. What's unfeigned mean? Real. It's real. It's unpretended. It ain't put on. It ain't fake. It ain't plastic. Unfeigned. It's real. With a fervent love. A fiery love. A selfless love. A genuine love. Right? You say, well, I can't do that in the flesh. Then bow your head and say, Lord... I can't love these people in the flesh. But I need your power through the Spirit to be able to love. The fruit of the Spirit's love. And I'm asking that the Spirit of love would flow through me. And I will love these folks as you want me to love them in Jesus' name. And I do this by faith. Oh, you want to talk about something different? You know how you forgive? Ephesians 4.32 Be kind one to another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another how? As God, for Christ's sake, hath forgive me, Father. I ask you to, for, Lord. I need to forgive these folks. They've hurt me. I've hurt them. And Lord, I put this under the shed blood, and I, I forgive them as you forgave me for Christ's sake, unconditionally. 
put it under the blood, the Lord's gone as though it never even happened in Jesus' name. And you go on. And then what do you do? That's the same way you love them. How? God, as you love me unconditionally, I accept him unconditionally. Not what they could do for me, but what you can do through me for them. Help me to receive everybody as you would receive them, Lord. Oh, man. Man. Woo. That's, a, that's a ton of bricks, ain't it? First John chapter 4 is a chapter of love. Amen. It's a chapter about the love of God. First John 4 verse 19. We love Him because He first loved us. Isn't that tough? If a man say, I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love him whom he hath not seen? This is the commandment we have from him, that he who loveth God love his brother what? Also. Amen. Verse chapter number 3, verse uh, 13, 313. Marvel not, brethren, if the what? The world hates you. We know that we have passed from death on to life because we love who? My money. Because <laughs> we love the brethren. Amen. You know what? The brethren are hard to love sometimes. But you got to love them anyhow. You know what the brethren are? They're opinionated. What you got to do is eschew your opinions, listen to theirs, amen, not take it personal. Amen. The brethren are tough. The brethren will get critical and cold and callous and hard and, and they'll cut you down and they'll throw their opinions at you and say a bunch of things that that uh, just random stupidity. Hello? You know what you got to do? You got to forgive them. You got to pretend they didn't even say it. We get so offended. Everybody's got their own opinion, especially in the Baptist church, especially with a bunch of Baptist preachers. You ought to sit around in a morning service at a camp meeting when it's just preacher families and hear the Baptist preachers get up there. And then a man like Ronnie Trent, a friend of mine, gets up, runs his camp meeting and said, all right, fellas. He said, leave all your hobby horses out, out outside. We don't want your hobby horses in here. Amen. And he said, no gut cutting. What's he mean by that? He means just because you come in here and you see some preachers got issues in their life, you don't take issue with them and start stabbing them and cutting to pieces because you think you can correct their life. Right. Leave that alone. Let God take care of it. You understand what I'm saying? But there's a bunch of these guys. They wait for the buses to roll in and the trucks to roll in with their campers, and then they start writing their sermons out how they're going to attack the brethren. Amen. Hello. Amen. Listen, I got a verse over there in Jeremiah. It's called the Baptist Butchers. They just carved the brethren up. Amen. Amen. Listen, we're to love our brother. There's brethren that need some help out there. They need edified. They need exhorted. I am not comet. I'm not Brother Comet come here to scrub you up and wash you up. Amen. I'm not Brother Tide in lava to give you a good old bath. Amen. I'm here to preach and love you as an individual and preach the truth of the Word of God and allow God through the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God to work on your life. Amen. Listen, I, I seen some obnoxious brother down in Panama City, Florida at a camp meeting I was at. This guy was arrogant. He was obnoxious. He was hard to deal with. And I just got up and preached. I preached a message God gave me called, Lord, if I'd only known it was you. Got up and preached that thing, and I'm telling you, God got in that meeting. 
And when I got done, I got down, I got down where the pews were at. And Brother Ron Oldstein was sitting right here and he was a weeping. And Brother Ron's a big old preacher. He grabbed me and hugged me and said, son, I love you. And that troublemaking preacher was on the altar down there weeping and bawling his eyes out. He said, what'd you do? I just preached God. Preached that book and Holy Ghost took care of a troubled preacher. You understand what I'm saying? The Word of God will do it. God will do it. Amen. I ain't to go. I ain't to cleanser. Amen. I don't come in with 30-odd sixes and go, oh, let's see, work on Nick tonight. You don't do that stuff. You understand? God, through the Word, will work on men and touch men's hearts. I'm to love you where you're at and who you are. Amen. Amen. Listen. Some of the best advice I ever heard was uh, when I was looking for a wife, a man said, uh, I think it was Brother Farley or somebody like that, he said, quit trying to fix her, man. A lot of guys find young girls and they want to marry them and then they want to start fixing them before they're even married. Don't even worry about fixing them. Some guys think that's their responsibility. Some women think that's their responsibility. I'm going to marry a man and I'm going to fix him. <laughs> he ain't broken. Leave him alone. Amen. Let God take care of him. Do what you're supposed to do. Do your responsibility. Lovers, unconditionally. Submit to him as on to Christ. Listen, a lot of problems be taken care of. We just do what we're supposed to do and love them genuinely. First John chapter 3, verse 14. By this we know we've passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is what? A murderer. You know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God. Isn't that good? Because he laid down his life for what? Us. What did God do for us? How did you perceive his love? <laughs> he laid down his life. You know what they say I work for all week? I work for a living. And when people come to church and they put money in that box and they give offerings to the church, they're giving part of their life. They're laying down their life for somebody. You understand what I'm saying? You know, when I, when I bring a check home, I say, Honey, I made some money. Go buy groceries. Go pay the bills. Go pay the rent. You understand? Here's money for gas in your car. You know what I've done all week? I've laid my life down for them. Laying down my life to be able to pay the bills here. Amen. And you guys work hard and help pay the bills here. You're laying down your life so somebody else can have the lights on. Somebody else can have the warmth here. Somebody else can come in and find Christ. We're laying part of our lives down to help. I don't take that too lightly. You know why? Because I know what it's like to labor and work. Amen. Amen. Verse 17. Well, verse 16, Hereby perceive we the love of God because He laid down His life for us that we ought to lay down our lives for who? The brethren. See, see, this, see how that similar that is? Jesus Christ gave it all for us. We're to do what? Give it all for the others. Well, He messed His life. I mean, He's an idiot. He's stupid. He, he ought to known better. God doesn't tell us to look at His smarts and His stupidity, right? He said, lay your da life down for who? Our brother. Amen. What led you to repentance? Romans 2.4. What led you to repentance? The goodness of God. 
You know what? If we can't be good to each other and we can't lay our life down for each other and help each other, how in the world can a sinner come and get led to repentance if he can't even see the goodness of God amongst the brethren? Right? Look at what he says, verse 17. But whoso? Are you a whoso? I'm a whosoever. Are you? But whoso hath this world's what? Good. And sees his brother have need. Shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Amen. Amen to love. Matthew chapter number 4. Matthew chapter number 5. Listen, I'm, I am I'm thank God that, I, that I'm to love the brethren. By this shall all men know that you love the brethren. I, I know I love, I'm saved. I love the brethren. Amen. So why do you love the brethren? They're God's children and He's in them. Right? Christ is in them. You ought to love them. Yep. Didn't say I had to agree with them. Right? You show me somebody you agree with everything they believe. Amen. But I love them. A lot of brethren, they, they, they forget that the brethren that they're fighting against believe 95% of what they believe. And we make enemies out of them about the 5%. It doesn't matter. Amen. Verse 44, Matthew 5, 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Didn't say I had to love God's enemies. Amen. Said to love your enemies. You got any enemies? Amen. What are you supposed to do? Love them. How do you how do you love an enemy? Huh? Where's it say that? Where does it say pray for your enemies? Amen. There you go. How are you supposed to love your enemies? Listen, if an enemy don't know I'm praying for him. So I'm supposed to love them. I'm supposed to show love to the enemy. How do you show love to an enemy? I'm glad you asked. Romans chapter number 12. Amen. Help you out. Romans chapter number 12. You want to help an enemy? Amen. Romans 12. A lot of these seven-day disadvantages want to get over there in Exodus 20. Deuteronomy 5 when they ought to be spending time in Romans 12. The commandments for today for the church. He says over here, verse 18, he said, If it be possible, as much as lies within you, live peacefully with all men. Don't you be the one that's contentious. If they're contentious, understand it, but you don't have to be contentious. Live peaceful with them as much as you can. Amen? Listen, some people are hard to get along with, but you don't have to be the one that's contentious. Right. If they, you try to witness to them, but they don't receive it, amen. Say, okay, fine. And then try again. They don't receive it. The Bible said an admonition, first second admonition, a heretic, what? Reject. Say, fine, I've tried. Amen. You want to go to hell? It's your business. Right? Amen. There's a time you just need to stop. Get off them. Amen. Uncle Dwayne wows up to that. He's got a bunch of family. kept trying to witness to. They kept rejecting and kept rebelling. Finally, he just let them go. said, all right, I've tried. And now he's just loving them, caring for them. Right? Look at what it says. If it be possible, as much as lies within you, live peacefully with all men. Verse 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto... Right. Man, you got to be kidding me. 
God wants me to give place to wrath. Okay, wrath. There you go. You got center stage. Go ahead. But you don't understand. They're barking at me, so I'm barking back. Well, who said? God said, give place to wrath. That's a tough verse. There's not a whole lot of real men. I'm talking real men. Did ever want to back down and give place to wrath? They want to rise up. There's something in a man that just wants to rise up. You understand? God's saying, give place to it. Man, that's hard stuff right there. Amen? Look what it says. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, say thou. The Lord, therefore, in view of that, if thine enemy what? Hunger, do what? Feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt keep so heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil how? Oh man, you listen. That's the that's the that's a hard thing right there. You want real Christianity? You want the real proof of love? Amen. Overcome evil with. Oh man, yeah, I'm gonna give him a good old punch in the mouth. <laughs> Amen. I give him a good old nod on the head. I give him a good old chewing out. God said, no. You overcome evil with good. Amen. That's where you got crucified flesh and you sit back and say, hey, man, I know we don't agree, but let's go get a steak, man. Come on. Go out and sit down and have a steak with them. Say, I'll pick up the tab today. You say, what? Yeah. I'm going to pick it up. I just want to get to know you. Maybe the whole reason mean you can't get along is I really don't know about you. How's the wife? How's the kids? What do you like? What do you like to do? What do you do for a hobby? Amen. Get to know the individual. They like the Reds? Find something out about the Reds. I'm talking about the Reds. They like Michigan? Oh, my God. Find something out about Michigan. Love your enemies. Right? Amen. Show some interest in the individual. People don't believe that people care about them. People have differences, and a lot of times the difference that they have is preconceived ideas they don't even know nothing about. And they formulate an opinion about an individual because of where they are when they walked in. I formed an opinion about Harry Nix one day. I was at Charity, and I was an usher, and in walked this good-looking preacher, his hair kind of combed back. Decked, I mean, he, he, was, he was a sharp dresser, a good-looking preacher. And he come walking in, and I said, who in the world does this guy think he is? Man, I come in with an attitude. I said, man... Look at this slick banny rooster come in here. He's, he's going to strut his stuff. And I got a phone call from my mom. And I went in and I answered this call from my mom. And I dealt with it. And I, Harry Nix preached. And I missed his sermon. Amen. The next night he got up preached probably one of the greatest messages ever preached at Charity Baptist Church. On I shall return. Amen. But I'm telling you what, God got so thick into that place, it was unbelievable. And I hit, I hit the altar and said, oh my God, I'm sorry. I prejudged Harry Nix. God, he's your man. He's got his touch all over him. And God, who am I to think anything negative about him? He's a good looking preacher. He dressed nice, dressed sharp, had his act together, kind man. Who in the world? He can't help the way God made him. But he's taking what God made and using it for his glory. But the first thing when I looked at it, I just sized him up. You understand what I'm saying? There are a lot of people look at somebody and they size them up. Preachers like doing that. Preacher walks in the back door. Hey, Amen. They ask some man of God to come up and preach and all the preachers looking at him like, yeah, I bet he ain't got the Holy Ghost on him. What's he preaching? I got the message. Who's he think he is? I, I got the message. 
You say they don't do that. There are a bunch of them think they got the message and they think the preacher that invited that guy up missed the mark. Should have been preaching me. I would have preached the house would have come down. Amen. <laughs> Hello. Amen. Listen. They all want to believe they're the ones. They're all the ones that got the message for the hour. We start sizing up other preachers. Who's that? Redneck think he is. Come out of the woods. Amen. Yeah, man, some of them preachers, man, make you melt, want to crawl under the pew. I seen a preacher down there, Doug, Doug Powell's preach, and he kicked the shoes off and got out there preaching in his sock and feet and got up and preached over there on the Mount of Transfiguration. And Peter said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. And that preacher got up for 30 minutes and just bragged about how great it was to be at camp meeting. And he's just a shouting and magnifying God about it's good for us to be here. Amen. Whew, that old mountain preacher from Mississippi did something. Amen. I thought, who's this knucklehead kicking off his shoes? What's <laughs> you begin to start sizing people up, and you better be careful. Right. Amen. That's just our flesh. And you know, when we sit down and start talking to people, find out that they're real, they're true. You know, the best things I've ever had, uh, meeting preachers and all that, sitting at a table eating with them. Yeah. Amen. You begin to start meeting people and talking to people. And man, you begin to get to know them. They begin to get to know you. Man, what a blessing. A lot of times we have trouble with people because we don't know them. One man looked at another man, and uh, he had an art with that man. He said, I just need to get to know him better. Because I get to know him better, we won't have this difference in between us. You want to remove the difference? Get to know somebody. Brother Nick and I were talking earlier, and uh, we were talking about uh, listening to people. So many people are so disposed to speak that they don't, they don't, uh, sit there and listen to somebody intently and learn about that individual. They, When they hear somebody talk about something, they're so predisposed to talk that they're thinking about how to respond next to you and tell a story about themselves. My wife, she'll go up and start talking. So I said, how in the world do you sit around and talk to everybody? She said, I don't know. I think she's got a word tattooed on her forehead. It's a dump. And everybody just comes up and, and they just dump on her. Amen. But I'm telling you, she sits back and she'll ask one or two questions. And, and I mean, they just pour it out, man. They open up their heart and they just talk to her and talk to her and talk to her. Amen. And she keeps asking questions and they keep talking. She keeps asking. And they just, Amen. Amen. She just got a gift to do all that. Yep. But you show a genuine interest in somebody and you care about them. Listen, you want to convert an enemy, spend some time, get to know them. You can win them. Amen. You find out you might not have as many enemies as you think. Amen. So what do you do? Love them. What do you do? Feed them. Right? What do you do? Talk to them. Get to know them. Isn't that a good? Matthew 22. Matthew 22. I want to get to know people. But I want them to get to know me because if they know me, then they really like me. <laughs> you guys ain't paying attention. I done lost y'all. Matthew 22. Verse 35. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, and saying, Master, which is the great commandment of the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Thou, and, and this is the first and great commandment. The second is likened unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Yeah. Amen. You love your neighbor as? 
yourself. Most people hate their neighbors. Amen? I love my old neighbors. I hope they get converted. I love them. Amen? That's how much you love them. I went out and brought a brand new snowblower and stuck it in his garage. <laughs> hey, man, that's how much I love that old Catholic man. He can use it anytime he wants. He can use my children anytime he needs to. We're there to serve him and help him, to love them old folks. Amen. Amen? And he helps Gabriel, and Gabriel helps him, and we take down trash and bring trash up and do that, look out for one another. Mrs. Parks makes a bunch of chili. She takes over chili, makes a bunch of peanut butter cookies, takes them over there. Amen. What are you doing? Just trying to love some Catholics to Jesus. I done got that big stack of literature in his house. Amen. We've got plenty of witnesses with a Bible open talking to him about the Lord. Got them here one service. Trying to reach them old folks. They're in their 80s now. Amen. Just trying to reach them. We were talking out there one day, and he goes, well, I'll say one thing about it, preacher. He said, what? He goes, at least you live it. That's a pretty good compliment. We're just trying to love them old Catholic neighbors. And in 22 years, trying to reach them. Amen. That's what you got to do. Try to reach your neighbors. Win your neighbors. Be a friend to them. We've taken plates of cookies with tracks on them and everything, giving them all our neighbors and passing them around down there, trying to be friendly, trying to be kind, trying to reach them, try to witness to them. Amen. Trying to love your neighbors. How? As yourself. Amen. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Listen, because he lives, I can love. I can love my wife, like the Bible says. I can love my children. Ooh, I love loving my children. <laughs> Amen. Love my neighbor. He loves sinners. Let's go to Luke chapter number 6. Luke chapter number 6. Probably one of the greatest soul winning verses there is out there. Amen. You want to win some sinners? Sure, preacher, I'd like to win a sinner. How about verse 32? Well, let's look at verse 31. How about verse 30? Give to every man that asketh thee, and any and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do unto you, do ye also to them likewise. I guess that's a golden rule, huh? Verse 32. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. God loves sinners. Amen. I understand there's hell. I understand there's a lake of fire. Amen. There's that old Catholic Michigan fan at work. I've gotten three witnesses on to him about a half hour each where God broke me and I got to witness and tell him about Jesus Christ and the substitutionary death atonement. Amen. I've got to open up tell him even some things against Catholics versus what I believe. And he sat there and listened. Amen. I haven't tried to force Jesus on him. I haven't got up in his face and, and stuck my finger in his face and you're worshiping a pope and you're going to go to hell and burn. I ain't never said nothing like that. I'm trying to be mindful that he's a man that needs Jesus Christ. Right. He's raised in a false religion. And he's a Michigan fan. I'm a Ohio State fan. And we try to have communion and, and, and talk on those subjects. And one of these days, I hope, I hope the witness breaks through. Yeah, amen. So what are you trying to do? Trying to love a sinner. Right. Amen. He's a, he's a, as far as the flesh goes, he's a superior person than I ever even thought about. He's studying to be a nurse. Very smart, very artistic. The guy's talent for detail and drawing and painting is top-notch. 
He can draw. He can, he can come in here and draw a painting on that wall. Be just unbelievable. The detail he can he can do. I mean, it's unbelievable. I, I'm under conviction watching him study his nursing. And I said, man, I wish I studied and did it. He's got stacks of note cards like this, and he studies and reads and all that. And I go, man, I need to have note cards for Bible verses and all the stuff on there. I mean, his character's impeccable. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. He's sharp. And, he, and he's got a good demeanor. I mean, to be a nurse, he's got the right demeanor to be a nurse. I mean, I, I can see him in an in a ICU ward dealing with somebody at the time of death. I can see him going in and trying to settle down somebody in, a, in, a, in, a nursery, in an emergency room and coming up and dealing with people, trying to calm the situation down. He just seems to have a disposition that's like that. He's got a lot of great characters, characteristics I wish I had. Except I know I'm born again Christian and he, he knows he was born in a Catholic family and sprinkled and he's going to heaven the way he thinks because he was born into a family. Got a few sacraments under his belt. Really doesn't go out there and transgress and sin against anybody. As far as on paper, he's a good fellow. Every now and then a dirty word come out of his mouth because he's got a dirty heart. You understand? Abraham. But you know what? I'm trying to love him. Amen. One of these days, I'm going to get that rascal out for a steak if I can get him away. Take him out, Longhorn, buy him a steak dinner, sit down and open up the Word to him. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Say, so why? Because I'm trying to love sinners. Trying to help them. I volunteer. Listen, I've invited a lot of people to church. Amen. So you come to church, I take you out for dinner. I buy you steak. Amen. I can't get people to take me up on it. Amen. I'm trying. Amen. Take you out for a steak dinner. Take you out of the restaurant of your choice. Amen. You come to church, hear me preach, we'll go out and we have fellowship. I'll tell you what, trying to love sinners is being a friend to them. Charlie Andrews said this. He said there's more people that attend Glory Land Baptist Church have been saved because they've gone out of their way to befriend people than they ever have by door to door visitation or street preaching or anything else. He said, I taught my people to befriend people Amen. and to love people. And the, and the, you go out there and show kindness when nobody else will show kindness. Amen. You know that old Catholic woman said, she said to my wife, she said, you take better care of me than my daughter. And her daughter's love. But she takes better care of the daughter. Amen. Sad. A woman had knee surgeries. She had her face planted. She tripped over a curb, planted her face in the concrete. Mm. Messed herself up, fell in her kitchen, broke her elbow, her shoulder, and all that. Had some issues. But you know what? We've been there to love them people. And that's what you got to do. you got to love them. They don't know we love them. last thing they think about a Baptist is love. They think a Baptist is full of hate. I hate sin. I hate the devil. And I try to rail against it. But the process right there, if you love them and love you, well, thank you for sinners. Also love those that love them. And if you do good to them, which do good to you, well, thank you for sinners. Do even the same. For if you lend to them whom you hope to receive, what thank have you? For sinners also lend to sinners and receive as much again. But love your enemies and do good. Land, hoping nothing again. Oh, man. I mean, I've got to kiss that thing goodbye. Kiss it goodbye. What, what, what kind of what, what What's a sinner escaping hell? What, how much money can you put on them? Give them a $100 tool? What would that be? What's a hundred bucks in very term? Somebody needs a brand new drill or something, you go out and buy a brand new Milwaukee drill. Say, hey man, you needed this? 
place you know, care about you for you. You understand? What, what's, what's that? You understand? Don't you go out and do something nice for somebody? They don't understand that somebody would do something nice for them without no strings attached. Because everything that they do for somebody, there's all kinds of strings attached. And they don't understand there's no strings attached. There's no gimmick, there's no hope. Just want to be blessed to you. Let you know we love you. We pray. We care about you. Amen. If you ever want a real friend, you come to Highway Baptist Church. We'll see what real friends all about. Amen. That's real. That's, that's fine. That's real. Amen. Love your enemies too good. Land hoping nothing again. And your reward shall be great. You shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the Be therefore merciful as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be meted to you again. Listen, because he loves, I can love. Amen. And I'm telling you, God will see every gift that you do. Yeah. And everything that you try to bestow and try to win a sinner. And you know, you won't go wrong investing in sinners. Amen. You may invest in a person's life and they may spit on you, they may hate you, want nothing to do with you. God sees that investment. And there's a time in your life you're going to need somebody investing in you and God remembers that. I remember them investing in somebody. But you know what? I've got some people that's going to invest in you. I thank God for every person that ever invested in my life. I'm serving God today and I've gone a long way down the road because somebody walked up and stuck a $100 bill in my pocket. I know I'm serving the Lord and, I, and a lot of saints gave to me. But there are some sinners that stood up for me and helped me too. Amen. There's a Catholic man my wife knows that turned around and stuck a thousand dollars a couple of times to keep this place going. Amen. That's a big thing. <laughs> Amen. Listen, that, that old boy knows it says there's something about this, these people. And he said, I'm gonna take a thousand dollars, I'm gonna invest in these people. Amen. Isn't that a blessing? Yeah. Hallelujah, man. Praise God. I'm, I'm just thankful for people that invest in us, and I just want to invest in sinners. Amen. Amen. Sometimes uh, it's material things that you got to invest in. It's time you got to invest in. I understand talking about fellowship with the lost, but there's a time where you need to invest in a sinner. Amen. What that is is love. Yeah. It's taking what you love putting it in on somebody else because you love their soul. Amen. You love their soul. My family wondered sometimes, why do you deal with some of these guys you deal with? Because Jesus dealt with me. Jesus invested in me. God took time for a loser and now I'm here trying to invest in other losers. You understand? Yeah. That's what it's all about. Brother Gabriel 